Chief Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to One Month to Better Third-Party Management. This month's podcast series is sponsored by Opus. Opus helps free your business from the complexity and uncertainty of managing the risks associated with your customers, vendors, and third parties. By combining the most innovative third-party risk management and know your customer compliance SaaS platforms with unparalleled data solutions, Opus turns information into action so your business can thrive. Opus solutions include the Hyperos ABAC Accelerator, the leading platform for third-party risk management. To learn more, go to www.opus.com. Opus is an appropriate sponsor for this month as I'm focusing on third parties the third-party risk management process. Over the next couple of weeks, I'll be looking at the management of third parties after the contract is signed. We're going to take a look at auditing, (coughs) relationship management, training, continually monitoring and updating your own third-party program. This is an incredibly important month on my one-month series this year, and I'm sure that you will garner some new techniques that you can incorporate directly into your third-party risk management program. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening. Day 16, termination of a third party. At some point, you will be required to terminate a third party. While there will be multiple legal issues, multiple compliance issues, and multiple (coughs) business issues, for you to navigate going forward. So how can you plan to avoid the pain for the end of a third-party relationship? It all begins with an exit strategy, a transition plan, a prenup, whatever you may call it, something that will end the business relationship, whether due to contract completion or material breach, turning over the contract or the responsibility to another party, or abandonment of the contracted activity altogether. Contract termination is an inevitable phase of the third-party relationship life cycle. Planning for the end is important because the more long-term and layered the relationship, the more difficult it is to disentangle. The deeper the third party is embedded in your organization and the uses of confidential information by that third party and its customer, the greater risk presented by the failing to design a smooth transition process to end the relationship. It should start with a clearly specified contract termination right, but remember that's only the starting point. To work out a smooth transition, the plan must also include internal change management processes and policies, designated transition team members, contingencies, and adequate resources and time allowances. On the cybersecurity risk, you need to have clear Procedures for data retention or data destruction, termination of access control for Sarah technology, and removal of system connectedness. You should have, um, including the consideration of what fourth parties, i.e. your third parties, third parties may have. Your corporate values must be protected by clearly designating the disposition of shared intellectual property and infrastructure assets. You need to think through the transition plan by ensuring rights to hire or continue use of key contractor employees who may have been servicing your account, arranging to bring new contractors or internal managers up to speed and filling any regulatory requirements or required notifications. Finally, bear in mind that your reputation must be protected during this transition process by controlling and planning for the issuance of public statements and social media postings by terminated employees or their contractors.
or the best laid plans will be off or not. So what's the approach you should take? Well, I want to articulate a five-step approach, which is uh, suggested by Carol Switzer. First, plan and organize. Under this step, you should develop a plan to evaluate the level and complexity of risk. You should consider the volume of the business engaged in by the third parties, the nature of the risk involved, and the extent of which the third-party representative will use subcontractors or any required legal or uh, regulatory approvals required for the geographic area which the third-party representative will conduct business for you. Two, perform due diligence. Now, where have we seen that before? Here you need to assess each third party's compliance controls relative to the level of risk you've determined as present. Standard inquiries are the ultimate beneficial owner, anti-corruption compliance and risk management controls currently in place, indirect, excuse me, incident management or reporting and conflicts of interest. Three, manage contracts. This step involves, involves the ongoing review and assessment of the contractual relationship. If newer or greater risks arise they, and they have not been addressed, you may need to new, add new contract terms to address them going forward. In addition to your standard anti-corruption compliance terms and conditions, you should have key performance indicators or KPIs, confidentiality terms, confidentiality terms and conditions, and subcontractor, subcontractor requirements. Four, conduct ongoing monitoring. Under this step, you need to oversee and proactively monitor and review each third-party relationship at a level commensurate with the risk, ensure the issues are identified and appropriately escalated for remediation. Ongoing monitoring includes auditing. I've spoken at some length about the auditing of third parties, and this needs to be a part of your ongoing monitoring going forward. Five, Manage terminations. If required, you should follow an established plan for the transition to ending the relationship and transitioning to another third-party representative. You should consider the need to protect information, maintain smooth operations, and protect reputation. Obviously, this is something that you need to plan before it occurs. And so you need to have this plan in place, terminate relationships uh, appropriately, appropriately in uh, consultation with your legal department. But you need to have this protocol ready, particularly on the business side of things. How are you going to transition over to a new third-party representative if uh, that's going to be the situation? All of this requires planning. It doesn't lend itself to putting it together on the fly or worse yet, after you've had to terminate a third party. Although rarely considered, the termination of a third party can be as important a step as any other in the management of the third-party life cycle. While having contractual right to terminate is a starting point, a good starting point, it is only the starting point. You need to have a compliance and legal plan in place and a business plan in place as well. If you do not, the cost will be both high monetarily and potentially with your business reputation. I would also add that you need to have a communication and social media plan in place. In this day and age, there will be information that will get out to your consuming public and other stakeholders, which you will certainly want to lead the conversation about. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, the first is that termination of third parties is an oft-neglected part of the third-party risk management process. You wouldn't terminate an employee without a plan to replace that employee going forward, and you need to have the same consideration for third parties. 
I think a compliance practitioner would certainly understand the business, excuse me, the compliance and legal implications of a third-party termination. But what are the business implications? And how have you worked together with your business unit representative? Have you talked to the relationship manager? Have you gone forward to plan out who's going to take over the business and what's the transition plan going to be? If you have a transition plan, are you going to have to utilize the terminated third party to train up or otherwise transition with the new representative? Finally, by doing all of this, you operationalize your compliance program in a way that demonstrates compliance with or adherence to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs as set out by the Department of Justice. Number two, make certain you have the contractual right to terminate third parties written into your standard terms and conditions. Uh, If you do not have a right to terminate, it's going to be very difficult for you to move forward. As recently as this week, uh, uh, it's been reported in the Wall Street Journal that third parties who were terminated uh, in the Airbus scandal are now suing Airbus. If you don't have the legal right to do so, it's going to be very difficult for you to terminate. It may be difficult to terminate even with the legal rights in certain countries. Nevertheless, uh, if you don't have a contractual right to terminate, uh, you are going to be in a very difficult position. Three, have a strategy in place before it all hits the fan. I can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a strategy in place and a plan in place and a process in place to terminate third parties. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me today on day 16, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 17 of one month to better third-party management. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of One Month to Better Third-Party Management. If you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate this podcast as it will help our rankings and help us get the words out on this most unique podcast series in compliance. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to today, and I hope you will listen tomorrow on another episode of One Month to Better Third-Party Management. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.